Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. A new book has been published by a man who is the former master of the Rotunda Hospital, one of the most famous hospitals in Ireland, and I believe the oldest maternity hospital still standing, as it were, in the world. His name is Dr. Sam Coulter-Smith, and he joins me. Sam, good morning. Good morning. Rotunda is the oldest uh, still-functioning maternity hospital in the world. Yeah, it is. It was founded in, in 1745 by Bartholomew Moss, and it moved to the current site in 1757. So, yeah, we've been we've been delivering babies and providing um, you know health services to women and their families for 277 years. So it's quite a while. Yeah, your your book is both a personal reflection and a study not just of the maternity hospital system, but indeed of the hospital system in general as we head forward just one term though before we go on to that sam i always thought it was a bit strange that the master of a, of of a maternity hospital very is it a very ma- very masculine term for effectively a women's hospital yeah you're right about that and i suppose that is slightly slightly strange but it's it's a historical thing it goes it goes back to the to the very start of the of the uh, of the institution and back at that stage um women didn't women weren't doctors they weren't allowed to to be doctors they they, they weren't educated to that to that extent and um i mean clearly in this day and age that's that's completely daft but um that's that's the way it was back, back then and yeah. it took it took well i think uh Rona Mahoney and Sharon Sheehan have both, right. both been masters of uh, Hollis Street and the Coombe, and um, they were the first the first female masters. The Rotunda has yet to have a female master, but that, that could change. Yeah, yeah. So, you, it, your, your book brings back a term that I'd almost forgotten, Sam, and that is voluntary hospital. I remember a long time ago there was a group here in Cork called the Cork Voluntary Hospitals Group. So, yes. Um, outline for listeners... What a voluntary hospital is, how much of our services are delivered in and that we don't realise, and why there's a problem between the voluntary hospitals and the state hospitals. Well, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to highlight this, because it's something that, as I suppose, I, I finished the mastership and the dust settled. There were lots of frustrations that, that I had and things that I sort of wanted to address and for, and hope that people might learn, learn from. That was the relationship between voluntary hospitals and the the state and to to answer your question voluntary hospitals were set up by 
well-meaning individuals and groups to provide services to uh, to patients when the state wasn't in a, in a, in a, in a position to, to do so. So voluntary hospitals, um, in many cases, predated um, services run by the state. Um, and th- this has been going on in the Rotunda situation for 277 years. Uh, Jervis Street would have been the original uh, voluntary hospital, and that was, I think, that was in the early 1700s, about 30 or 40 years prior to the to the Rotunda. So they've been in existence for a long, long time. And the reason they're different is because voluntary hospitals are owned and run by their own board. So they. The oversight, the governance structure of the of the hospital is very close to the coalface. So the board understand what goes on in the in the hospital. They have direct and uh, and statutory obligations to to oversee what goes on both clinically and financially. Whereas hospitals run by the state, currently the HSE hospitals are overseen by by the HSE, which is a much bigger body. It's um, probably its governance structure is, is such that it's the, the decision making is much further from the coalface and they're, therefore HC hospitals don't have the same ability to respond and evolve and to change and to adapt um, to crises when, when they happen. Yeah, it, it's so more that's a frontline hospital type, isn't it? You're, like, there, there's less of a well, they're all, all frontline hospitals. Yeah, but no, what I mean, Sam, yeah, there's the, less of a red tape, less of a management structure in the voluntary hospitals. They're just about giving care. It's a tighter, it's a tighter management structure, and it, it means that those hospitals can can respond much more quickly um, to the needs of their patients when when when, when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about what you call the command and control model of, of the HSE, which is an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to the, the the further away your governance structure is from, from the coalface, the more it, it, it relies on, on financial control. And you know, when the HSE was created, um, shortly after that, we ran into the, the biggest recession the country has, has hit in living memory. Um, so the control of the health service was more about controlling a budget than providing health care. Now, that's I, I'm, I'm not trying to HSE bash here. This, this is just a, a, a matter of fact that, that the HSE's job when it came to that recession was to control spending yeah. and control budgets. And that was a big issue because hospitals are all about providing care. Yes, we have to be responsible and, and, and um, look after the, the money side of things, but our number one priority is providing care. And in a recession, that's extraordinarily difficult. So the HSE, you know, by their nature and, and their reporting structures are reporting on finances and headcount, you know, up the food chain, up into the higher echelons of the HSE, Department of Health, and ultimately the Department of Finance. Is it a fair suggestion that the HSE perhaps was not designed to be a provider? I, I think that's probably a fair suggestion. Um, it, it, I think it's quite complicated and difficult to understand, but one of the faults, I think, with the system that was put in place was that the the, the HSE was both purchaser and provider, and that's probably not a very good model mm. when it comes to, to healthcare. Yeah, I was talking to a man about that a number of years ago who subsequently left to, to run a hospital in, in the United States, but he said that. He said HSE, HSE should be either procurer or provider. It, it cannot be both, and, and therein lies its, lies its difficulty. Now, now, Sam, you have concerns, I think, about, or do you have concerns about the plan 
for Slauncha Care, which we're told will be our NHS. Can it work? I think there are lots and lots of really good suggestions, good ideas and good proposals within within the Slauncha Care plan. Um, you can't, you couldn't possibly argue with equity of access, better community health care, all those health initiatives. That's really good. I think one of the problems, and I'm, I'm hope, I hope what people will will understand if they read the book is is that the the voluntary healthcare sector in Ireland has 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 led the health service in Ireland since before the beginning of the state. Yeah, and. All of the national subspecialty centres sit within voluntary hospitals. Most of the academic units, all of the training is organised from voluntary hospitals. They they really are, they set the standards, set the benchmarks, and they do lead the country in terms of of, of healthcare. Mm. If Care was to be implemented in its current form, the plan is to remove uh, all fee-paying patients from, from, uh, from voluntary hospitals, from uh, publicly funded hospitals. And if that were to happen, then that removes the discretionary funding that voluntary hospitals have, which allows them to be responsive, allows them to adapt and to change and to to to, to roll with the punches when, when 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 things happen. And the health service will be will be the poorer for for that. So yeah. what I'm hoping th- is that this starts a, a conversation around what voluntary hospitals mean to the country. I, I think the I think the when Slauncher Care was being was evolving, I, I, I honestly don't believe that that everybody who was involved in that really had a very good understanding of how important voluntary hospitals are to, to the country. Mm. And and I'm and I and that's that's really the message that I'm trying to get across. Well I guess if we were to drill it down, Sam, for for listeners in terms of voluntary hospitals, the South Infirmary in Cork, one of our most beloved mm-hmm. hospitals, is a voluntary hospital. And I believe, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe so too is the Mercy. I think that's right. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm, I wouldn't be that familiar with the situation so they, in Cork, two, but I know that they'd be, two of our, strong, they'd be two of our most beloved strong, hospitals. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you if feel, they, you know, and, and, and I fear, I do fear for the future of those institutions if this, if Slauncher Care were to be implemented in its current form, I think there's a way out here. I think, I think there's, I think there's a way forward. It, it's, excuse the pun, throwing the baby out of the bathwater. But as we as we move forward, I think we've got to take what's good, and 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 move along with that. But also take all the positives that are within the Slauncher Care plan. But all, but don't forget that voluntary hospitals have been and 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 should continue to be the leaders within the healthcare community. And if we want to. If we want to attract the best quality trainees, doctors, nurses, midwives, scientists, so all of the people that we need to provide good good healthcare and to plan good healthcare, if we if we don't if we if we don't save the voluntary hospital sector, then I think we'll have trouble attracting uh, world class staff back to to our hospitals. And that's and the health service is is its staff. Without its staff, it's nothing. So. All the policies and plans and, and strategies in the world won't be any good if we don't have the staff to run the service. Yeah, I was actually going to go there with you, with you next. We we clearly have a huge problem in the <coughs> service of retaining retention of staff. When you look, you just have to look at the huge number of posts that at any one time remain unfilled, and a problem with retaining staff and a problem with replacing staff when when staff leave. 
Do you see any any solutions to those? I, I think you know when you talk about staffing hospitals. Well, you, you know Ireland is in a, an international market. We're competing with other English-speaking countries um, for for our midwives, for our doctors, for our nurses, and and if we don't provide the the environment and the facilities um, to to for for, the, for those people to flourish, then we won't keep them, and we won't attract them back. We, we've uh, we've a great culture, and I firmly believe that that going away for a while to to somewhere different to to train to learn. Um, and then come back is 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 a, is a very positive thing to do. But if we don't provide, if we don't see, if we don't have the right environment for people, then they won't come back um, to 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 work in our services. And and you know, we we are heavily reliant on on people doing that, and and that's going to be a problem for us. Okay. Since you uh, stepped down as master of the rotunda, you're going back into everyday uh, practice as a consultant. Which which do you prefer, Professor? Which, which do I prefer? Yeah. In terms of my day to day work. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did you prefer being I really, a doctor? I mean, or do you prefer just being a doctor? <laughs> to be honest, I enjoyed both. Um, being master was a massive challenge. It's something that uh, I suppose you don't train for. You you move into and you adapt and you learn a huge amount during your seven years. Um, it it's, uh, it takes over your life. So it's a it's it's a big job and it's an important job and uh, but it's also exhausting and uh, it takes a lot of a lot of time and energy to do it. So it's a huge honour to have to have done it. And I, I, I suppose as I look back and reflect, it's it's what I can now bring in terms of my experience to to the to the table and and hopefully uh, pass on some of that learning to to people who are going to take over from me and learn from me in the future. So. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's a bit of both. It's you evolve. You know, you don't. You never stay the same. You change. Um, and uh, and I've enjoyed that journey. Lastly, uh, I think the sense that comes from from your book and from talking to you is that in order for us to progress our health service for a twenty first century and beyond, we need to have clinicians. Management need to listen to clinicians, not the other way around. Would I be right? <laughs> I think that's that that's very fair, and, and the, unfortunately, the further away management gets from from the hospital, from the clinical coalface, then the harder it is for clinicians to have to have an input. So that that's why, you know, that the the, the the tighter management structure that exists in voluntary hospitals, I think, works very very well. I think the the more distant uh, command and control model that's currently within within the HSE hasn't really served us particularly well and needs to evolve and needs to change so that we have a trusted partnership between the voluntaries and and the and the the, the state, whether that's in the form of Slauncher Care or the HSE or the Department of Health or whatever the new incarnation is. Um, voluntary hospitals need to be trusted partners within within that. Okay. All right. I'll leave it there because I imagine you have patience to get back to and appreciate your time. Professor Sam Coulter-Smith, former master of the Rotunda and now back practicing um, and uh, the author of a book called Delivering the Future. Courts 96 FM.